So we all make assumptions, right? And I, I make some assumptions when, when I talk about following Jesus. And I think maybe you make the same assumptions. I don't know. But one of the things, did you know God talks? I don't know if you've read your Bible or how much you've read your Bible. But if you read through the Bible, over and over and over again, God came to somebody and said something. Now one view of the world is, is that the Bible is a book of exceptions, and we could only dream and hope that maybe our life could be something like those people in the Bible. And if you hold that view, okay. But I like to think that the Bible is a book of examples rather than a book of exceptions. And that the Bible is full of things that the way it's uh, supposed to be. So one of my assumptions is, is that God is going to talk to you. And he's going to talk to me. Now, the Bible is given for that purpose. But not the only way that God speaks. But it's primary. And so I would suggest that you should probably study your Bible. Read your Bible. Let God speak to you. It's like, okay, God's going to speak to me, and he wrote this book, and it's full of words for me, and it's over on the table, and it's closed, and closed, and somehow magic will happen. And maybe it will for you. Maybe if you sleep on the Bible, it'll soak in. So I would recommend you read the Bible. Study the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Sing the Bible. Why? Because it's God's word to us. It teaches us so many things. But I'm happy to tell you that we have something other than the Bible. Not to replace the Bible. Not to modify the Bible. We have a God who speaks to us. And I would, would ask you, what's your first response to that? And I don't know, but one of the things that comes to my mind, there's a TV show on right now about Waco. And I got to tell you, every religious nut in the world says God told me. And then they say all the crazy things that God told them to do. And I don't want to go there with this. Right? Listen, if you're hearing from God that you should murder your wife and your children or your neighbor, that's not God speaking to you. And if you're hearing that you should rob the bank or that you should burn something down or blow up an abortion clinic, that's not God speaking to you. So let's don't become crazy. But on the other hand, does God speak to you? Here's the trick answer. The answer is yes. Do you hear him? Well, I don't know. That's the, that's the subject of today's sermon. Do you hear him or not? Is he speaking? Yes, he's speaking. Why? I'm glad you asked that. Here we are in John chapter 10 this morning. And Jesus was telling about this. And he said, he's talking about sheep. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. 
He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So Jesus is describing a fairly common thing for people who raise sheep. They would bring their sheep back to the village or the town, and they would put their sheep in a pen for overnight. Your sheep are in there, and my sheep are in there, and the neighbor's sheep are in there. The sheep are all in this common community pen to keep them safe. In the morning, the shepherd comes. And the shepherd walks up to the gate, and the sheep say, Oh, somebody's here. They perk up and pay attention. The gatekeeper opens the door, the gate to the sheep pen, and now all the sheep are intently watching the gate. Who is this today? And the shepherd says, Here, sheepy, sheepy. Wait, wait, wait. I might have got that wrong. He calls his own sheep by name. Tony, Steve, Chris, Bill, Karen. I don't know if those sheep names are not, but you get the point, right? The shepherd is at the gate calling the sheep, and the sheep says, Oh, that's my shepherd. And the sheep then walks over to the shepherd. And when the shepherd has called out all of the sheep that are his, he says, Come on, I know where some pasture is. And they follow along behind the shepherd to go get the grass that he has found for them. But, If some other shepherd comes to the gate, says, Tony, wait a minute, that's my name, but that's not my shepherd. And they run away. I love when Jesus uses stories to talk about us, don't you? Guess who you are. You're the sheep. Maybe you're the Baba black sheep. I'm not sure which sheep you are. But Jesus knows your name. And Jesus comes to the gate. He comes near. And all the sheep say, Somebody's here. Who is that? The gate opens and the shepherd says, Jesus. Tony. Oh, that's Jesus. Come with me, Tony. Okay, let's go. Now maybe the picture I just painted to you is pure fantasy in your world. But it's not fantasy in Jesus' world. He just told this story. Why? To confuse us? To make us dream and hope of, oh, I wish I could hear his voice? Or is he saying, I call you by name and you know my voice? So, I know when I hear this kind of stuff, and especially when I first heard this kind of stuff, my immediate response was either to dismiss this and say it's not true, or to say there's something wrong with me because Jesus doesn't call me by name. And I have to confess, I wallowed in that for several years of thinking something was wrong with me because I didn't hear Jesus' voice. And there wasn't anything wrong with me. 
I just had to learn how to listen. Okay, and that's not condemnation coming to you if you don't hear Jesus' voice. I will also confess, do I hear Jesus' voice as much as I want to? No. I want more and more. But I know people who hear his voice more than me. And I want to live like they do. And I know people who don't hear his voice as much as I do. And they wish they had what I had. So we're all in this big process of moving forward and growing. So wherever you're at, congratulations, that's where you're at. Now let's move forward. This is no condemnation or accusation that you're doing it wrong if Jesus has not called you by name. Jesus has called you by name you have not heard. Okay, what do we need to do to hear? That's where we'll go this morning. We'll talk about that. So, as we move to that, could it be possible that Jesus really does speak? Could it be possible that this applies to you? Not only does Jesus speak, but Jesus speaks to you. And then, do you know his voice? When Jesus said this, he was, he was talking to the Pharisees and other people, and they just didn't get it at all. So he said it again. He repeated himself in John 14, 16. He said it different this way. This time he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Is this for the other sheep? That special group of sheep that listen to Jesus' voice? Or is this for all sheep? Excuse me, it's for all sheep, right? Doesn't matter if you're a sheep in this pen or a sheep in that pen. And Jesus is speaking. Now, how do we move forward into this? How do we get to the point where we know his voice? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. If I could tell you anything that is needed to know Jesus' voice, is to know Jesus. I don't know if you've been paying attention over the last month or so, but my sermons have been all about this. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what this verse says. Know Jesus. Know Him. You see, a lot of times, like for myself, I think that if you get to know me, <laughs> then you may not love me. Right? Because you'll see the warts and the ugly things inside of me. With Jesus, it's completely the opposite. As you get to know Jesus more, there is no way that you can't help but falling madlessly in love with him because of who he is and the way he loves you. So, Jesus is the good shepherd and he knows his sheep. He knows you. Think about that. Remember that thing I just said about me that I'm afraid that if people get too close, they'll find out things about me they don't like? Jesus knows those things. Jesus knows those things better than I know those things about myself. Right? 
Warts and all, Jesus knows them. He loves me anyway. You know that thing you did? You ever play this fun game I like to play? The game is called The One Thing I Don't Want You to Know About Me Is. I think we should play it at church some Sunday. Any volunteer to go first? Come up front, we'll give you a mic. We'll make sure the recorder's on. And you can tell us, the one thing I don't want you to know about me is... By the way, if you're trying to develop intimate relationships with people, I would seriously encourage you to play that game. Once you play that game, the rest of the world gets pretty simple. Right? To being transparent and open, to be in relationship with someone. Here's the one thing that I don't want anyone to know about me, and I'm willing to tell you. And Jesus already knows that. He knows the depth of your depravity. He knows the depth of your unbelief. And he loves you anyway. Not in spite of it. I would say because of it. It's endearing. He loves you. He loves you. See, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Can you imagine? I don't even... The intimacy between the Father and Son. How the the triune God is somehow split apart but never split apart. That's the depth of knowledge between the Father and the Son. Is there anything about the Son the Father doesn't know? Is there anything about the Father the Son doesn't know? They are intertwined twite. Intertwined tight. (laughs) And that's the way Jesus knows me. And that's the way he wants to be known by me. Now, if you were to choose to get to know me, how would you go about that? If you said, I'm going to pursue Tony because I want to know him better, what would you do? Well, you might talk to my friends and family, right? To hear stories about me. And, and, you know, the stories about me reveal things about me. And so you might talk to your friends about things that they know about me to get to know me better. But you wouldn't stop there. Eventually, if you're going to know me, you're going to have to come and spend time with me, aren't you? You're going to have to walk along beside me. You're going to need to see me at work. You're going to need to see me early in the morning of what it's like when Tony gets up. You're going to need to see me when I'm sick. What's it like when Tony's sick? What's it like when Tony's happy? What's it like when Tony's hungry? What's it like when Tony's full? That's how you would get to know me, right? I think it's the same with Jesus. You want to get to know Jesus? First, talk to people that know Jesus. What can you tell me about Jesus? Well, this one time, I was doing such and such, and Jesus came. That's a great way to get to know about Jesus. But if you really want to get to know Jesus, and especially if you want to know his voice, you're going to have to spend time with Jesus. Now, again, the enemy is all over this with accusation and condemnation, and I'm not bringing that, so we'll just shut that down. This is not accusation or condemnation against you. How much time this past week did you devote solely to the purpose of being with Jesus? Yeah. I know. 
for most of us, it's not enough, is it? And, and again, this is not accusation and condemnation. This is saying, do you want to know Jesus? And you will have to intentionally set aside part of your day to spend with Jesus. Now, all day, every day, I don't know. How much time do you have? But going from zero to something will be a huge improvement. Why do we need to do this? Why do I need to hear from Jesus? Can't I just read the Bible and live my life? Of course you can. You can just read the Bible and live your life. Of course you can. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Do you want Jesus to lead you to the green pastures like the sheep? And you have to know his voice. You ever feel like you're on your own? Maybe you need someone to help speak to you and lead you. In John chapter 10, verse 9, these are all verses from John chapter 10 again this morning. Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Remember back to the sheep and the shepherd. The, sheep comes to, the shepherd comes to the gate. Jesus is the shepherd and Jesus is the gate. Isn't that interesting? I'm the gate. The sheep come to me. And what happens to the sheep that come to me? They are saved. Now normally when we think of the word saved, when I think of the word saved, I think of eternal security in the kingdom of heaven forever and ever. No longer held accountable for my sins. And I believe that definition of saved full well. But there's more to being saved. I am being saved right now. What's it look like to be saved right now? I'll come in and go out and find pasture. What happens to the sheep that don't come in and go out and find pasture? They die because they don't eat. Jesus leads the sheep out of the pen, out into the pasture, and then he brings them back. Do the sheep decide which pasture to go to? Nope. Do the sheep decide when to go out to the pasture? Nope. The sheep follow the shepherd. What happened in my life, I found this book full of really, really good advice called the Bible. And I read the book full of really, really good advice, and then I followed the really, really good advice. Is that the same picture you get from the sheep? That Jesus gave the sheep the field manual and said, good luck, go find pasture. It's not the right picture, is it? Does it mean that the book is bad? Absolutely not. The book is full of the words of life. You should know them. But you need to be listening to Jesus' voice and following him. This is how we live. This is how we are saved. By following Jesus' voice. This is not a burden. This is life and freedom. You've heard me say the silly example that I just love so much. I go to the fast food restaurant and I'm standing in line. Which should I have, the chicken or the burger? Is eating a chicken sandwich or a hamburger a matter of salvation? Is it a matter of right or wrong? Is it a matter of which one will please Jesus? 
Nope. So I asked Jesus, what should I order? And sometimes Jesus says, get the chicken. And sometimes Jesus says, get the hamburger. And sometimes Jesus says, which one sounds good to you? And sometimes Jesus doesn't say a word. That's my, that's my history and my experience of asking Jesus, should I have the chicken or the hamburger? And what's the eternal consequence of me eating chicken or hamburger? I don't think there's any. Right? But here's the one thing I do know. If the chicken's bad today, I don't want to eat the chicken, I'll take the hamburger. And if the hamburger's bad today, I'll take the chicken. Do you know who knows if the chicken's good or bad? My shepherd, who calls me in and out and leads me to green pastures. Why not ask? So rather than being crazy like me and asking that, I will take the position that you're the crazy ones and ask, why don't you ask? What's wrong with you? Why would you risk it? Why in the world would you not say, Jesus, I'm going to Topeka today. Which route should I take? When should I leave? Why wouldn't you ask? And if Jesus doesn't answer, make the right decision. Choose and go. He's with you. If it matters, he'll answer. You can trust him. He loves you. And if you, cho if you chose to go down 73 and 20 and you get out by McDonald's and you hear a voice say, no, 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 go the other way, then stop and turn around and go 36 to 75. It's not hard. This is not about, oh, no, am I messing this up? Am I hearing right? No, no, no. This is about intimacy and knowing the voice of your shepherd. And you learn the voice of the shepherd by spending time with the shepherd, by listening, by asking, Jesus, what do you think I should do? Now, I don't want you to be paralyzed if you don't hear. I can't move. No, God loves you. He'll take care of that. This is not a thing about you're screwing it up and doing it wrong. This is a thing about intimacy with Jesus. Pursuing him. To have intimacy with him. He's not trying to trick you or punish you or, or give you a test to see if, did you hear? Did you hear the right voice? But why do we need this? Because there's not just one shepherd at the sheep pen. There are many shepherds at the sheep pen. And all the shepherds are gathered around by the gate and they're all calling your name. Tony. 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 Which one are you going to follow? Because there is one good shepherd and the rest are called the thief. And the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The sheep. But Jesus has come that you could get by. Jesus has come that you could survive. Jesus has come so that when all else fails, you'll be able to, I made it. I don't know if any of you are looking at the verse on the wall, but all those things I said are not what the verse says on the wall at all. What does the verse say? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have it to the full. 
What if the hamburger is overcooked and dry and the chicken is delicious today? Jesus wants you to have the chicken. What if the chicken's been sitting out since yesterday and the hamburger is wow? He wants you to have life to the full. See what I mean? This is not about, oh no, am I messing it up and I just want to survive. No, no, no. This is about life to the full. Psalms 119 talks about those who run in the path of his commands. So the alternative to running is I'm tiptoeing like all this ice we've had this past week. Not many of us ran across the ice, right? You know it's slick when you take your dog out to go to the bathroom and your dog falls down. (laughs) That's how slick it was this week, wasn't it? My dog kept trying to raise that third leg and he'd fall down every time. It was hilarious for me, not so much for him. But in Psalms 119, I get to run in the path of his commands. The picture of that is like a young calf who's been let out of the pen into the meadow. And he's just running along through the green grass, kicking his heels up. Running in the path of his commands. It's life to the full. It's not, oh no, should I eat the hamburger or the chicken? Oh no, which one's going to cause me problems? No, it's not that. Which one's good? Which one do you want from me today, Jesus? It's not, am I going to take the wrong path to my destination? It's which path has the most life in it for me, Jesus. That's why we ask. Not because we're afraid of messing up or we're not smart enough to figure things out. It's because Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls me by name and he leads me out to the pastures so that I can have life to the full. And I want life to the full. I want it all. And Jesus wants me to have it all. But my enemy, steal, kill, destroy. Steal my joy, kill my delight, my innocence, and mar my glory, destroy it. But not so with Jesus. So I throw this out there and I tell you, it's almost almost 10 years now that I have been convinced that Jesus will talk to me. Almost 10 years. I hear more from Jesus now than I ever have. And I think there is so much more available to me than what I hear. Right? Now, so on the one hand, I can beat myself up and say, it's taken 10 years to get here. On the other hand, I can look at myself and say, you will not believe how far I've come in 10 years and the things Jesus has told me to do and not to do. That's what's available. Life to the full. I wish that I could sell you this bottle of magical ear pills. That If you take this pill, two in the morning, two before bed, by the end of the week, you'll know Jesus' voice. I'd love to sell those to you. I don't have them. A little while ago, all the children were dismissed to go to Kid Zone because this is the adult room. We don't have the easy button. 
You want to get to know Jesus? You're going to have to spend time with Jesus to get to know Jesus. There's no other way around it. It's because we're adults. It's the way the world works. I would love for the easy button to show up all over the place. It doesn't exist, not even at Staples. It doesn't exist. There is life, and it's hard, and it's a pursuit, and you absolutely need Jesus. What happens to the sheep that doesn't get brought back into the pen? Who knows, right? The thief is out there willing to kill, steal, and destroy that sheep that doesn't come back to the pen. What about the sheep that never leaves the pen? Same thing, death. The only way we can live this life, the offer to live this life, to have complete, full life, is to be in intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants intimate relationship with you. And he wants you to have that with him. So if I were to give somebody advice on how to attain that kind of intimate relationship with Jesus, well, first, it would be to be a believer in Jesus, right? So if you're not there, that's the first place to start. Jesus, I believe in you and who you are. And I believe that you love me. Now move into more What's the best way to find out things about Jesus? Well, one way, like we said, to find out about me is to, to hear stories about me. That's where your Bible comes in. Every page reveals something about Jesus Christ. You can read and study your Bible and get to know more and more about Jesus. Now, as my friend used to say, you can take the cat and dissect the cat. And by dissecting the cat, you'll know all about the systems of the cat. The skeletal system, the muscular system, the cardiovascular system, the, the skin, the hair. You can get to know all the details about the cat by dissecting the cat. But the one thing you'll never know by dissecting the cat, you'll never know the cat. Many of us have dissected the Bible for years. And we can tell you how much a drachma is and what it means to go up to here or go down to there and how far it is from point A to point B. And that's wonderful, valuable information. But it only has relevance and, and impact on your life it's if it helps to deepen your understanding and knowledge of Jesus. And you can study all of that and never know Jesus. So we have to know Jesus. And that's a personal relationship. You investing your life and your time into the pursuit of knowing Jesus. I want to know him more. So, this is weird, but I'm weird, so you know that. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Do you have a spot? A spot where it's nice and quiet and you can be alone? Go to that spot, take your cell phone and throw it as far as you possibly can. And stay in that spot. Okay. You can leave your, leave your phone wherever you were at before you went to your spot. Go to your spot alone. Nice and quiet. Sit down. Lay down. Stand there. Whatever you have to do in your spot. And start talking to Jesus. And then stop talking and listen. I have, a, I have a lot of questions you could ask, but I'll just throw this out. 
Jesus, do you love me? So the answer is yes. So when you hear yes, that's Jesus. When you don't hear yes, that's not Jesus. See how you can start to distinguish between which voice is speaking? Do you love me? Yes. All right. Now let's get dangerous. Jesus, what do you love about me? See, I'm asking you questions that you can ask that are safe, and chances are that you won't answer in your head. Right? Because we don't normally say the things about us that are God's glory because we're embarrassed by those things and all that. God will remind you of who you are. He'll speak to you and tell you. Ask him questions. I would tell you, the reason, the reason to go to your safe, quiet spot is because when you're stressed, high anxiety, it's not a good time to learn something new, is it? Your mind is totally consumed with something else. So if your first experience is, should I quit my job and move to Pittsburgh? If that's your first question, that's probably not a good question to start off by trying to hear Jesus speak. Because you're all emotionally stressed out and under a bunch of anxiety. So start with easy things. Do you love me? What do you love about me? Is there something you want to say to me today? Should I eat the chicken or the beef? I don't know what your silly question can be. I always use that one just because it reminds me to ask more often. I'm not talking about major life events. We'll get to all of that. Jesus will lead you through all of that stuff. But most of us wait until we are at, I have to decide by tomorrow what to do. And that's when we come and pursue Jesus. Back up. Start today. When you're not stressed. Do you love me, Jesus? What do you love about me? Is there something you want me to know? Here's another great question. Jesus, is there somebody I need to forgive? He'll bring people to mind. Sometimes it's bam, 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 bam. Okay, one at a time, Jesus, let me write them down. Who was that? Could you imagine having that kind of a fun, life-giving relationship with Jesus? Because that's what he wants with you. Life to the full. And I know, all through this, everywhere around this, is the enemy who is trying to steal, kill, and destroy this. And tell you that Jesus won't speak to you, that you didn't hear from him, that you're making it up, that there's no way God would ever talk to you. Who do you think you are? I know, all of that junk comes from the enemy. So we just renounce that. That's not true. God is a talking God and he loves me. And that means he wants to talk to me. So, how do you develop a relationship with Jesus? You spend time and energy pursuing it. You make it be a priority. I want to spend time with Jesus today. Man, it's been busy this past three days. Tomorrow, I'm going to turn the TV off, and I'm going to go spend time with Jesus. Right? One of the reasons I love motorcycle riding so much 
It's Jesus time on the bike. I have a wonderful radio and all that junk on my bike and I shut it off. I don't want that. I want Jesus when I ride. Why do I like to hunt? It's Jesus time. Right? I'm alone in his creation. We get to talk. Now the problem is, there's only seasons of the year when I can hunt and seasons when I can ride my motorcycle and I need Jesus more than that. So I have to have other times where I intentionally pursue Jesus. Every day, right? All day. So spend time. Make it your intention to get to know Jesus. Do it on purpose. Now when you are doing this, make sure that you are present. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I know physically you're here, but a lot of times physically you're here, and instead of talking to Jesus, you're thinking about, well, my hot water heater's not working, and I've got to get new tires on the truck, and we've got to go do this, and then this needs to happen, and so-and-so's sick, and what am I going to do about that? That's not present with Jesus. Set all that aside for now. Spend time with Jesus. Be present with him. Listen. Listen. Sometimes, sometimes I hear a voice from Jesus. Sometimes. Mostly, things pop in my head. That's how I mostly hear from Jesus. Something pops in my head. Now, I know, be careful with this. Because you can pursue Jesus... And listen to him, and all of a sudden, some other sheep, shepherd, can speak things into your life. He masquerades as an angel of light, our enemy. So test the spirits. What's the fruit of what you heard? If it's love, chances are it's from Jesus. If it's not love, it's not Jesus at all. Test it. See. What is that? Was that you, Jesus? What? I should divorce my wife and run away to Cancun? Uh, no, that wasn't Jesus. But Jesus wants me to be happy. Uh, could you find that verse for me? That Jesus wants you to be happy verse? Because what I know is Jesus wants you to follow his voice. Right. Which is love. And you may be happy, but you may not. It's not the goal. Test what you hear. Don't just run off and be like crazy Waco people or crazy Rulo people. God told me, God told me this and God told me that. And God told me that you should. The Bible talks about blasphemy. You know what blasphemy is? Blasphemy is saying God said something when he didn't say it. Don't do that. Be very careful. If you think God is telling you that somebody else needs to do such and such, I'd really slow down on that. I would really slow down on that kind of a message. Usually, people will come, the way this is supposed to work, somebody would come to you and say, Tony, I can't decide about this or this. Could you ask God what he thinks? Now ask. I'm not saying God would never tell you to not go tell somebody something else. I'm just saying, as, as my role of preacher here, I cannot tell you how many times somebody has come to me and they said, 
Tony, God said that he wanted you to do such and such. And I, and I usually say, you know, I think you probably heard from God, but you misheard one thing. I think what you heard is he wants you to do that. And over the years, I trained everybody to no longer say that to me, <laughs> which may be bad. But if Jesus is talking to you about me, come to me. Let's see if it's from him. But pursue this. You ask questions, you listen. See, this is different, and there's so many ways of talking to God. Yes, present your request to God. You have a prayer list, pray to God. That's not the same thing as listening to the shepherd and hearing his voice. It's a separate category. Do both. Get to know Jesus. He is the good shepherd who loves you. He calls you by name. He knows you intimately. The same way he knows the Father, he knows you. And he wants to speak to you and call you by name so that you will follow after him. Could you imagine the kind of life that you could have if you were following after Jesus' voice? That's, that's salvation that he's offered to us. That's what's available right now today. Let's pray.